today I have the OG of the Hockey Fights game, Darren from the Fourth Line Voice. So, uh, Darren, thanks a lot for joining us today. Hey, no problem, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for asking. And uh, we first met virtually through Twitter and uh, started shooting the shit. Uh, funny thing is, uh, I don't know nothing about Twitter, so I was like posting on your public page, you know, like, hey, how's it going, bud? A little bit bad with technology, but at least uh, you had some patience with me. And uh, I've been watching your videos forever, but I never look, bothered to look at the bottom of the video that said fourth line voice. So like, how long have you been doing this? Wow, on Twitter, um, well, my friend Kevin actually got the account all started probably, oh, geez, it's probably about six years ago. Yeah, and I wasn't a social media person either. He would borrow my fight DVDs and he would, when he was on the road working, he would, he just created the channel and started uploading stuff because he figured that would give us a, a bigger following. It would gain us followers more if we could uh, put up these fights and get people to, you know, tune in or watch them. And then, of course, they, they'd go to the Twitter account. I grow a following. And, and then, of course, when we started up the podcast, we'd sort of have a built-in following already. That was his uh, whole logic behind it. So you were doing the, the Twitter at the same time as when you started the YouTube stuff? The point was for the YouTube was to put something up along with all the fight pictures I've collected over the years and uh, to kind of get people engaged on Twitter to to kind of watch our stuff and then and get a following. And then from there, hit them with the podcast. So you sort of had a built, we'd have a built-in audience already. And uh, that's kind of what we did, and it worked. But uh, I've been a fight fight collector for. I'm going to really date myself, going back to VHS days. So for your younger listeners, are probably what the hell is that? But uh, I've been I've been doing that since the '90s, collecting uh, fight tapes and stuff. And of course, everything's on DVD and everything now. But uh, yeah, so I just had all these DVDs lying around. It was just uh, hey, let's just create a YouTube channel and start uploading stuff because I had some unique stuff that I figured people would want to see. And when you say that you were collecting them, like, uh, did you have to purchase them? Well, a, fr- a friend of mine, my best friend, his cousin came to town and uh, he had, I don't know where he got them, but he had a, a hockey fight tape. And I mean, you know, we were always like growing up, we were fight fans and stuff. But I mean, again, there was no YouTube or internet. Like, I mean, we're talking like mid nineties, right? So it was like put in this videotape and it was, uh, it was all these fights. I'm just like, you know, where'd you get that? You know, and then. And then funny enough, you used to be able to buy uh, hockey fight tapes in the back of the hockey news. The hockey news had classified section. And in the back, there was guys selling fight tapes. So for Christmas one year, my very first fight tape I ever bought was the Bruce Brothers. A Bob Probert and Joey Koser uh, compila- or compilation tape that I made my mom buy. I think she paid like forty dollars to some guy in New York for it. But uh, and I I wore the 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 reels out on that thing, and then it just kind of and then of course the internet started and it ended up getting on the internet and uh, going on this fight message board. And then all of a sudden I, I couldn't believe it that there was other there was hundreds of other idiot diehard idiots other than me. I thought I was the only one. And uh, started talking to these guys on the message board, and there was a tape trading section. And then from there, yeah, I just started trading tapes, and that just became the hobby. And then back then, it was when it was VHS tapes, it was expensive because they're so big, right? To mail it yeah. and everything, yeah, it was an expensive hobby. And then, so when everything kind of went to DVD, uh, then it got really because I mean, you could send like you know twenty DVDs for the price of one VHS tape. So yeah, so I ended up having hundreds and hundreds of these hockey fight DVDs. So they were just sitting here. So it was like, well, I should start putting these on YouTube because I think people might want to see these. And is that a hard process to convert the VHS to YouTube? Is that is that basically what you're saying that you had to do? Or At first, I had, well, before even then, I had a VHS to DVD converter. And it was okay. a machine. Yeah, and of course, it's it's time for time, right? So VHS tapes 
two hours long, it's going to take you two hours, right? So, oh, it was a process, yeah. And then, but I would just hit like play and record and go to work. And when I came back, I just switch it and I just constantly do that until my until my collection was all onto DVD. And then from there, to put it onto YouTube takes like twenty seconds because you uh, just up you just clip the clip and then upload it and boom, 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 type in your title and upload. Yeah, so the whole process takes like honestly probably about two and a half minutes. That that was easy. Do you have any kind of idea how many fights, just by looking at your analytics on your YouTube page, how many uh, fight videos that you've uploaded on your channel? Oh, yeah, 2,000. It was. Uh, it's funny you asked. I just looked at that the other day. It's like 2,025 or something. Yeah, but it's gotten over. And I'm, I mean, I'm I'm an old farm. I'm like 44, right? I'm not, I'm not used to this internet stuff. I'm not a big, yeah. I'm not a big media. I mean, I've you know, stumbled my way around and figured things out. And I mean, thankfully my wife is pretty computer savvy. So, I mean, she shows me lots of shit, but as I'm still blown away by the fact when it comes to, you know, something like this or the YouTube that, you know, that, I mean, right now, as we're talking or as when you play this, there could be someone in Russia listening to this. Yeah. These two, these two idiots from Canada talking about a bunch of nothing and you got people all over the world listening to it. It to me, it's just mind blowing, right? And oh, it's definitely. like, yeah. Sorry, I'm kind of I'm all over the place on you here. Yeah, but no, with the YouTube, no, it's the same thing. Like, I mean, the channel's gotten. I don't know. I have. I think I have eight, nineteen hundred subscribers, and it's like it's over ten million views now. And it's just it's mind boggling when you think about it. When it's just some idiot sitting in his condo in Saskatoon uploading fights off these old VHS tapes that anybody would be paying attention but well obviously you're say you say you're old but I mean uh, I don't I don't think you're very old because most of my friends are in the same uh, age demographic as yourself and uh, those are the guys that I'm playing hockey with can you tell me a bit about yourself like growing up I know I do this with everybody but uh, did you play hockey growing up or how did you get interested in hockey in the first place yeah no it's just, you know, Saskatchewan right with the winters I mean you got no there's no choice when you have snow for six months of the year but uh, I was fortunate enough to grow up with a rank basically right across the street in the schoolyard you know which is odd why I've never became a better skater than I am <laughs> but because uh, we spent a lot of time out there but uh, grew, played growing up but nothing just house league and stuff I was terrible at hockey yeah I never had much interest I was always a baseball guy and I I had a lot more success on the on the diamond than I ever did the rink so it was. Uh, that was always my focus and, and kind of wish I had, I had uh, concentrated more on hockey, but uh, unfortunately I didn't. I was more of a baseball guy. My brother was the one with all the hockey talent. He, he went and played junior in college and everything, but uh, we certainly spent a lot of time uh, on the rink and stuff, but I was always a big hockey fan. You know, hockey night in Canada was the institution on Saturday. Right. And uh, yeah. our boy, our boy Wendell and the Leafs. I mean, we all had to tune in. Yeah. So I was always a fan of it, but uh, yeah, I was just never very good at it. <laughs> So another fucking Leafs fan, jeez. I I'm gonna cop out, and I always say this to everybody, and it's sort of a cop out answer, but it's true. <clears throat> I was actually never a fan of teams. I was always just fans of players. I because I said I've always said every team has guys I like, and every team has guys I don't like. So it was always just like, yeah, you know what? I'm just gonna cheer for players, and because I mean, being in Saskatoon, obviously we didn't have an NHL team, so it was just like, eh, you know, whatever. But of course, I grew up in the you know, in the mid eighties during the Oilers dynasty. And, um, you know, so everybody wanted to be Gretzky and Messier in them. So it, I just say Wendell because Wendell was our guy being a Saskatoon blade and, uh, getting drafted first overall. And of course going to the Leafs. I mean, when there's no satellite or, or anything, the only hockey you ever saw was hockey in Canada. So every Saturday night, the first game was the Leafs and the second game was always the Oilers. So 
yeah, growing up. And then there's our guy Wendell on the on the early game every Saturday. So it was just, uh, you know, we we all tuned in for that. But uh, no, I was always a fan of uh, just and in any sport really of just players. I don't have a favorite team or anything. One thing uh, that I'm a little bit jealous of you about is uh, I don't really remember watching Probert and Wendell play uh, besides watching the Rock'em Sock'ems. Well, it was well, it was cool having the junior team here because he saw them all as teenagers, right? And uh, and then it was funny as I got we got older and into high school, I actually became friends with the with the Blades, the owner's son. Him and I became friends, so it was uh, we ended up getting like free tickets all the time. So basically, our high school years were spent going to the rink and watching the and watching the Blades games, and then after that too. So I mean, we saw a ton of free hockey. The who's who. Uh, came out of the Western Hockey League in terms of like toughness back then, so that that it was fun to see them as as kids and then go on and and, and do their thing in the NHL. So it was it was cool to watch the progression. Like you were talking about Wendell, but uh, who are some other guys that you remember watching back then? Well, I mean, if you want to just go with tough guys, I mean Saskatoon. It's like you know we had Wade Belak and Chris McAllister and Darcy Hortachuk and Tony Twist and Kelly Chase and I oh, mean. Shit. Kevin, Kevin Kaminsky. I mean, you know, it goes it goes on and on in terms of that. And then, of course, just you know, watch Colton Orr and Swift Current and Scott Parker and Col- in Kelowna come to town. And you know, so in terms of like, uh, you know, as we got as I got older and became much more infatuated with the the violent side of hockey and the and the tough yeah. guys. I mean, the Western Hockey League was always uh, was really pro fight, and there was you know there, there was there wasn't a game that went by that didn't have a couple tilts in it. So. So it was a cool league to watch at that time. And were you able to get some of those guys on your podcast, like played for the Blades? Yeah, you know what? It's funny now that you, you mentioned that. I don't think I've had any. Oh, yeah, I had Clark Wilm on. I had him on. But I don't have any. It was all WHL guys, but I don't think anybody with the Blades other than Clark Wilm. You did get some WHL guys. But which has been the majority of my guys, like Josh Mazer, oh. and Chris Graff, and Joey Tedarenko, and all those guys. And, yeah, so I get that Kent Staniforth and – I mean, uh, you know, I, my podcast, of, <clears throat> well, yeah, I don't, don't have a podcast right now as it got canceled, but, uh, <laughs> up until now, I was sort of focused on the, like the minor league guys and, uh, um, just guys that followed the Twitter account, but I was always sort of, uh, I always sort of leaned towards the, the minor league guys for some reason. I, I guess I, I don't know why I just, I don't know what it, I don't want to say more in common with them, but. I had more of a connection with the minor league guys for some reason, and I was more interested in their stories. But uh, so I've, I've, and I've tried to get guys that, uh, you know, obviously aren't aren't uh, on too many podcasts or anything like that. So I, I kind of want to get those guys and to get them on the show and tell their stories. So because all the hockey boys, doesn't matter what league or where they played, they always have stories. When I started my podcast, the only podcast that I knew about was Spit and Chicklets. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would listen to that. And well, I think I think that's more most people's answer. Yeah, there there's these guys that are playing in the minors, right? Sometimes get forgotten. But uh, we had a team here in Cornwall, Ontario, which were called the Cornwall River Kings. Before that, yep. we had the Cornwall Comets. Yep. Um, you know, there were some guys that just bled for their jersey night in, night out. I remember one tough guy that I'd like to get on the podcast, Francis Lassard, uh, that played in the NHL for a while. Um, but, uh, yeah, just, you know, like I, when I did my podcast, I want to start or shining a light on these guys that sometimes maybe uh, go uh, under the radar, you know, uh, then when I started doing my podcast for a little bit, uh, and I was learning how to upload it. And when I started searching, cause I want to see, okay, well, 
is my podcast showing up anywhere? That's when I discovered uh, you guys. Like I discovered uh, the Fourth Line Voice, which uh, I'm sad to hear that the the website got disconnected because I was just starting to get into your podcast when yeah. uh, when when it got disconnected. Like I listened to your Morasti interview and I listened to your Mayran interview, and I was like, oh man, I want to go listen to the other ones. Hopefully, it gets you can get it back up there somehow because I I find you're really good at getting the stories out of these guys. You know. Um, well, thank you. Um, yeah, no, that was a real. No, my website got hacked, and then from there, uh, it was the you know, then uh, iTunes shut it, shut my account down because it was broken portals and blah blah blah. Yeah, so yeah, I'm in the process now. I'm debating whether to start again. I'm. Uh, it's a lot. Well, like you know, it's a lot of work, and uh, I don't know it, it can be a real pain. It can be a pain in the ass sometimes. And I mean, I love talking to people. I'm a talker. I love yapping, as you can tell from my answers here, as I drone on and on. I enjoy that part of it, but uh, the other parts of setting it up and, and honestly, dealing with some of these players has been a huge pain in the ass. Like, all the guys I've had on my show have been great. I'm not knocking the guys on my show. They've all been good and stuff. But, I mean, I've tried. I've had 30 other guests that have pulled no shows in the Vanishing Act after they set up the times and everything else. Kind of like what I did to you today. But uh, <laughs> I knew you'd come on eventually. Well, and it was just, it was, it's frustrating, but, uh, but at the same time, when you, when you do a good interview and you get it out there and you see the people's reaction to it, that's pretty rewarding, you know, and, and I, and I'm always been a really, uh, in, in depth with my show and, uh, cause like they're not short episodes. I mean, if you're going to tune into my show, you better get uh pack of lunch, you know, we're, we're going at least two hours. So it, uh, you know, and really really cover everything right from his days of junior all the way to the, his final days of pro. I really like to timeline the guy's career and, and really get into it and get stories. And, and I prep the guys for a few days ahead of time. I give them some questions. I tell them this is what we're going to do. And, and uh, I tell them this isn't a 20 minute deal. Like we're going for a, for a lengthy walk down the park here. So, you know, yeah. and there's been a few guys that have said like, no, I just don't have that much time. And it's like, okay, well I'm not doing the interview then. You know, and no disrespect, I said I thanked them for their time, and I said, but I don't do 20-minute interviews. I mean, people have come to expect that with my show, right? That it's going to be at least an hour and a half, two hours, and it's going to be really in-depth. And Because that's my podcast. I mean, other guys do different. Everybody has a different take on things in a different show. And that's for how sure. I do it, and I'm not going to do it different. So, yeah. But no, all my guys have been good. I stutter a lot, so I like to keep my episodes short, so I don't have so much editing to do. No, you're good, man. You're good. It's uh, you, I I can't tell. I've I've listened to your stuff, and it's no, you're good. Yeah, no, and I mean sometimes, and I and I've tried to scale back a little bit since when I started, because it's like there's in depth, and then there's like okay, it, we don't have to talk about every guy he's ever fought. I mean, my first few episodes, I think I got a little too in depth, where yeah. and it was it was starting to get. Although some guys will just start yapping. Like Sean McMorrow went three hours, and I don't think he took two breaths. You know, and he just went. Well, I'm not going to stop him. I'll, I'll sit here all night listening if they want to. If, if they want to go that long, and uh, and other guys have been kind of you, you kind of start getting yes no answers at the start, and you're thinking, oh shit, you know this is this is going to be a real quick and shitty interview. But they've all opened up after a while, and. Uh, no, I think all the I've been really happy with all with all the interviews I've put out. All the guys have been really great. Do you have a pretty good memory? I can give it a shot. I've I've I have suffered a lot of head trauma in my day, but uh, okay. I, I so, should be I should be okay. Yeah. Just just going back to that actually before. Uh, yeah, I, I hope you got a bit of time, but uh, well, I know I got, you're, I got not, I, dude. We got nothing but time. We're just sitting here. I can do this all night. Yeah. Okay, well, well, I can tell that. Uh, 
you're not a guy that likes to talk about himself. Obviously, uh, you like to interview these guys, and uh, you know the first rule of uh, what's interviewing. You know, it's not talking about yourself. But uh, um, we've all been guilty of that. But like when you were playing baseball, what position did you play? Oh, baseball. Well, I st- I started as a catcher when I was really young, and then uh, third base is sort of where I made. I don't mean to make it sound like conceited or anything, but that's sort of where I became known. At I was my I was I was more known for hitting than than I was my fielding but uh third third base is sort of where I made my mark I guess in terms of uh where I was going to play the head trauma was any of the head trauma related to to the baseball or just yeah. other stuff no baseball a couple times uh, uh the one I was uh, <laughs> breaking up the double play and the guy kneed me right in the forehead and that uh when he was jumping over me the shortstop and that uh, that sort of put me on uh in a different uh, different headspace for a little while, and then play you know playing football, got a few there, and uh, and just biking and stuff, and car accident in the one, and uh, you know it was just different things over the years. You know, fortunately, nothing from a punch, which was yeah, fortunate. Yeah. I mean, I, I I was never a big uh, barroom brawler, street fighter. I mean, we all got into a few here and there, and and for well, and I'm not trying to claim I was Mike Tyson and I'm undefeated ever, but. Fortunately, I've never been uh, knocked out or or anything like that. So, uh, but uh, well, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I guess he, everyone takes a few shots in the head. So that, that which probably none of them were good. But no, I never got knocked out from a punch. Anyway, <laughs> I asked my buddy that this morning. Uh, my buddy O'Connor is the guy that I like to do the podcast with. W- w- would you ever fight Mike Tyson for twenty five hundred bucks? For twenty five hundred, if you move the decimal point over a couple, like <laughs> shit, I'll take I'll take a knockout to put a down payment on a house. Sure. Yeah, no, it's, he, he was telling me that he would. I was like, you're a fucking idiot. I mean, 250 grand, maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was trying to tell me that, oh, because he's got boxing gloves that, you know, he won't be drinking out of a straw for the, the next uh, couple of weeks. That'd be one scary individual. Yeah. But anyways, when I was talking about your memory, no, I was just going to ask you about your podcast, actually. Sure. Um, do you remember um, the funniest hockey story uh, from your podcast? And you can think for a while, by the way, I can edit this Maybe not so much funny, but just sort of like just crazy stories like Brad Wingfeld, um, who played in the minors and was a known crazy guy when he was playing for the Danbury Trashers. Do you know the story about the Danbury Trashers? I don't. Oh, okay. Well, hey, there you go. Anybody listening and and for you yourself, after we yeah. hang up here, go to YouTube and type in Danbury Trashers. It was owned by a mobster when they played in the United Hockey League in the mid 2000s. And the owner put his son in charge, who was 18. So he had an 18-year-old GM, and all this kid wanted to do was see the fights. So he would sign the toughest guys. Morasti played there, this Wingfeld. They brought in everybody, and as soon as the league would suspend one guy, they'd sign another guy. It was just crazy. But they were really good, too. Brad was, Wingfeld was telling me the story of when he was on the bench, the owner would phone down to the coach who had a cell phone on him. And he would say, give the phone to Winger. And the phone, the coach would literally give the phone to Brad sitting on the bench. And he would say, 21, and hang up. And that was his cue to go get number 21. So, <laughs> yeah, so he told, he told that story, and uh, which I completely believe. If you go and watch the uh, – there's, docu- there's a really good documentary. And actually, there's supposed to be a movie coming out about the Danbury Trashers and being owned by the mob and everything else and how they paid the players and – yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It's an incredible story, and actually, Sports Illustrated did a really good article slash documentary on it a little while ago, and it's up on YouTube. So everybody, listen, go check that out. Run by the mob. It was crazy. Yeah. Like obviously, uh, all your guests have been great. I'm sure. Um, can Can you tell me who your most interesting guest was? Hard question. Eh? 
It is. Well, because they're all, uh, well, see, that was the thing. Like, I knew all of them before. So it was, um, like, I mean, I knew the stories before. So, or like where they, you know, came from and everything. So, I mean, um, in terms of, you know, when you get the inside stories, it's completely different. Um, Joey Tedarenko was really good. Um, you know, because he had some, I mean, they've all been good in their own way. I'm not trying to knock any of them. They've all been good. But Joey, Joey Tedarenko, um, see a lot of guys, and I mean, you'll, you've probably gotten this as well. Some of them, they're always scared to really, not scared, but uh, they don't want to shit on anybody. So like, even if they don't really like the guy, every, oh, everyone's a good guy. Oh, everyone was tough. Oh yeah, no, I respect him. You know, you get those answers. And I mean, I've told a couple guys, listen, I know you didn't like everybody you played against. So don't, you know, and I'm not saying nowadays, oh, if you saw him in Walmart, you'd run him over with your car. I'm not saying that. But I mean, there's some guys that when you were playing, you didn't like. Just say you didn't like them. You know, like you you couldn't have liked everybody. You know, so I've had to kind of tell guys that. At the same time, it's like I'm not trying to start a TMZ podcast and I need some rumors. Although some of the guys have had some pretty good off the record stories that are pretty pretty unbelievable. Tedarenko was he was probably the most open in terms of just Dan and Dan Kopech who played in the minors. They were probably the most open in terms of like they didn't care. Like this guy was an asshole, or this guy—they didn't have any problem shitting on guys or whatever. So, but Tedarenko told some pretty good stories. Plus, anytime you get a guy that played—I mean, at the end of the day, it was—it's pro hockey and it's all great. But when you get a guy that played in the NHL, and I think he starts telling NHL stories, like he's talking about Pavel Bure and stuff like that. I think people will obviously gravitate more towards that because it's just because yeah. of the name, the names, Definitely. you know. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I you know I don't care, but I mean. For the people listening, it's like, you know, I, I think if you got a guy like with some NHL experience and stuff, and they can start telling you stories, and I, I, it, maybe it, uh, it amps the show up a little bit, but yeah, I, Tedarenko and Dan Cope, oh, Chris Waltz too. He wasn't, it's basically the guys that weren't afraid to like shit on a guy if they had to. You just mentioned my favorite hockey player of all time, Pavel Bure. So yeah, oh, there man. you go. So obviously, I would have probably listened to it. Uh, yeah. but- but I'll ask you right now, actually, who, who like you mentioned Wendell Clark, obviously you played for the Saskatoon Blades, but uh, who was your favorite player growing up? Oh, probably, yeah, probably Wendell, just because he was from Saskatoon. I mean, early on when you were young, young, when I, you know, I was seven, eight, nine, I mean, it was, everybody was Gretzky. So it was right in the mid eighties, Oilers dynasty, they're winning cups, Gretzky's getting 200 points. I mean, everybody wanted the, the white Titan hockey stick that was Wayne Gretzky's. I mean, you know, I mean, he was the man, right? So but uh, after Wendell got drafted there in '85, and that was sort of our guy. It was, uh, and and as soon as I kind of got older, like 12, 13, 14, that, that you know that grade seven, eight high school. Obviously, it took a lot more interest in the physical side of hockey, and yeah. then you know, and then I started, and of course, then I got the videos with Bob Probert and everything, and and then it became you know, then I just sort of dove into the enforcer kind of world, and then those became the guys I paid attention to, but. Uh, Early on, of course, it was probably Gretzky and them, but and then Wendell. But after that, it became it became the fifth, like Cam Neely and Rick Tockett. And the, I was always, I, even then, I was even I was always drawn to like the physical, like the hitter guys, and like uh, you know that could kind of do everything. Yeah. And uh, so, like Neely and Tockett and Wendell Clark, of course, and and like I said, as I got older and, and became much more involved with the physical side of it, then I just be kind of kind of a, t- a tough guy only type of thing. Yeah, myself, to be honest, like when I played minor hockey growing up, I never got in 
a fight, you know, like uh, you're Canadian, but I mean, like, I don't know if Americans think that we, you know, like we all drop the gloves in minor hockey and whatnot. For me, I, I never fought. Um, so when I grew up playing or watching hockey, uh, guys that I liked was uh, like, even though he wasn't playing on my team, it was like Tucker and stuff like that. So like when I started my podcast, it wasn't necessarily about hockey fighting. It was just about the, you know, the, the passion that's gone in hockey. If you, if you understand what I'm saying. Oh, I completely agree. Yep. I started mine too. When we were talking the last time, you were saying that you don't follow the NHL too much. So can you just tell me what your thoughts are on the new NHL? Oh, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I haven't watched hockey in probably five or ten years. I'll say for before everybody starts turning their radios off here, um, the players are unbelievable. The talent the players nowadays have and the things they could do are unbelievable. I mean, we never would have dreamed of doing that stuff when we were that age back in the day. I mean, the, the athletes now are incredible. I'm not knocking the talent of the players. I just always say in terms of the game, there's no there's no passion anymore. And there's no rivalries and there's everyone's union buddies and everybody's shit even after they fight now, they can't wait to bum tap and bro hug. It's like, you know, are yeah. you even mad are you even mad at the guy? Like what's the point, yeah. you know? It's just uh no, to me all the rivalries been taken out of it and the and the and, and the hatred you know, so to me, it was just, uh, yeah, I just lost interest, you know, but I, again, I'm ne- I've never knocked the players and their talent. I mean, that's, that's silly. You can't do that. But I mean, no, in terms of just in get being engaged in it and everything. No, I could, I could give two shits. <laughs> I, and something also happens when you become older than the players. <laughs> I think, I don't know. Now that I'm older than all the, uh, now that I'm older than every professional athlete, it's, uh, I don't know, for some reason, I just sort of changed my outlook on sports. I just don't really give a shit anymore. I don't have any kids that are involved in any sports. So it's like, that that probably took me out of it a lot too. And my wife could give two shits about sports. So, I mean, YouTube or uh, Twitter keeps me uh, up to date as much as I don't really care. I mean, it's all over my timeline every every night when they're playing. So, I mean, I mean, I know who players are. And at the end of the day, I mean, I live in Saskatchewan. I mean, I can't escape. It's not like if hockey comes on TV at someone's house, I run out of the room screaming. It's nothing like that. But it's like I don't actively seek it out. But if I go over to the parents' house and stuff, the old man will have it on, and we'll sit there and watch it and drink beer and whatever. And basically all we're doing the whole time is crit- critiquing the shit out of it while we're watching. But, uh, yeah. but so, I mean, I understand what's going on. But, I mean, I certainly couldn't name you off every team's roster or anything like that. I mean, back in the 80s and early 90s, I could. But uh, I certainly couldn't now. And speaking on that, have you uh, grown fonder of another sport the, the fact that obviously hockey's changed and it's all about money. Well, I'm trying not to sound like a jaded old man. I think they've all changed. And uh, I think they, it, sports has changed just because the outlook of the world has changed. You know, at the end of the day, it's probably for the better. But I mean, you know, everything's politically correct. But it's also, I, I always say on Twitter, it's, it seems like there's, there's these people that want to put like a peewee mentality into pro sports. And it doesn't work that way. Like this isn't grade five. You know, and like, you'll see people on Twitter. Oh, that was mean. That was mean. Was it? Okay. Well, they're getting paid $5 million a year. Um, He better be mean. You know, it's about winning. This isn't about let's, why keep score? Let's everybody win. Let's everyone get a medal. But that's what they want to do to pro sports. They want to like basically saran wrap it, right? And bubble wrap it. At the end of the day, it's about winning. And, And to some people in this world, that's a bad thing now, I guess. I don't know. But, uh. 
And it is, to, and when you're getting paid that much, it's anything to do to win. And if it means yeah, putting sure. someone th- through a wall to win, then you put them through the wall to win. And growing up, that was our attitude in any sport. It didn't matter. I could be friends with you before and after. I wasn't your friend during. And if it meant yeah. going right through you to get a first down or score the goal, or if you were in the corner digging for the puck, I was going to put you on your ass. I don't give a shit if we're best friends, you know? And, but nowadays that would be looked at as, oh my God, that's just terrible. Why would yeah. you do that? And and I think that's kind of going over all all sports. Like you watch baseball, you have these jackasses bat flipping in the middle of June in a seven one game. Well, then the next guy that comes up gets hit, and everyone, oh, why did he do that? Really, you don't know why that happened? It's just shit like that. This this stupid mentality. I always I sound like Clint Eastwood here from the Get Off My Lawn. I don't identify with the young the young the attitudes of today. I don't I don't get it, and uh, I'm certainly a dinosaur, I guess, in their in their eyes. I think it's just so soft and PC now. Batman ruined the game. That's that's my opinion. I know there's a lot more things at play than that. I was listening to Chris Nyland the other day on the Dropping the Gloves podcast. Have you listened to that one before? Oh, I, I try to avoid anything John Scott does. He, he was a tough dude and everything. I'm not knocking him playing and everything, but uh, no, I don't know. I've, I've, listened, I've tried to listen to a show a couple times. I could just never get into it. But uh did hear that Nylon was on. Chris was just saying that one of the reasons he thinks that, you know, the game's kind of gone to shit is because the way that the NHL switched everything up. You know, like back in the day, uh, Boston would play against Montreal uh, 10 times a season, right? So yeah. they, they could build that hatred. And uh, I'll be honest with you, like I tune in on Saturday nights, obviously, because I got nothing else to do. To me, the only interesting hockey right now is playoffs pretty much. Well, yeah. Well, because I said hockey is the only sport where no one gives a shit until the playoffs. And and exactly. the gameplay and the gameplay changes. Like in baseball yeah. or football or whatever, the game doesn't change when the playoffs start. I mean, they still play the same. Hockey's the only yeah. sport that I know that this game actually changes. Now all of a sudden they start to hit. Exactly. I mean, cuz and again, I'm, you know, people listening, they can argue with me all they want, but I mean, you tune into these games some nights. I mean, you could hear a mouse piss on cotton in those rinks. There's nobody yeah. hitting nobody. The boards don't rattle once. I mean, the, oh, the stats might come up, and they'll be, oh, 15 hits to nine. Oh, yeah, what what the hell game are you watching to get 15 hits? You know, come playoffs, they start hitting. Well, yeah. the, Leafs, the Leafs don't, but everyone else does. The whistles disappear. Yeah, well, and, it, and then it becomes serious, you know, and then now it's like, okay, now it's like nut-cutting time, right? Now guys are going to get mad and get heated, and, and yeah, well, and that's why, well, that I, I tell everybody, what's been the most exciting game of the year? This year, I was Edmonton versus Calgary, of course. Uh, of course, why? Because of the hatred. That's what I always yeah. tell people. It's like, no, people aren't tuning in because, oh, I hope I see six goals. Yeah, I mean, as much as they go on and on about, oh, it's offense sells. No, it doesn't. Passion sells. Of that's course. what sells. That's what sells hockey is emotion. Emotion sells the hockey. It's not goal scoring because yeah. they always scored. That's what everybody talks about. Like somehow they didn't score back in the day. I'm like, what are you talking about? They scored more, hit more, and fought more. So how is today's yeah. hockey better? I don't understand. Everybody, oh, it's better now. What's better about it? You know, no, it's not. I mean, the athletes are better just because of science and technology. Yeah. That That's just, you know, like my 2019 SUV runs better than my 78 Nova did. Of course, because <laughs> it's called technology. You know, yeah. I, I had more fun in the 78 Nova. I can tell you that. But uh, passions and emotion sells sport. So, For sure, it's like what Tony Twitt said too, you know, like, do you ever see anybody sitting down when a fight happens? Exactly. No. And it, it, yeah, no, exactly. And it goes beyond fighting. I've never heard anybody. And I, when someone says they don't like fighting, I understand why they don't. I'm not arguing with you that you should. I get why people don't like fighting. That's fine. 
but don't tell me it's it the game's cleaner without it because it's not you know because go watch college hockey where you can't fight it's the dirtiest hockey in the world and that's not just me saying it like i said my brother played it he's told me that every guy that's been on my show that played college has said that you know so but these reporters and everybody they'll argue with players the play what would the players know you know like really <laughs> so and they've and they, that's the problem with hockey and they've they've killed the emotion uh, no of course and like while we're talking it's just bringing up stories in my head and like like my father uh he's a season ticket holder for the montreal canadians and i was talking about rivalries and what nylon was saying about the habs um you know facing boston like 10 times a year or whatever and building that hatred obviously because you're playing that team many times during the season most recent stories that i can talk about rivalries was when uh, lucic would square up against commissary and i don't know if you remember that but uh of course yeah he tuned him in, right? But yep. at the same time, I was still enjoying my time at the arena because, you know, like the, it was electric in the arena. You, you, you don't get that anymore. You can go to a game now and, you know, you're not going to get that same sensation at all. No, and it's um, not, not especially for, for us guys that went through that, right? I mean, yeah. that's the thing. Now, of course, as the generations go, you have a generation of kids raised on this hockey, on this pond hockey, ticky-tacky, peewee hockey. You know, I mean, they, there's a whole... And of course, the majority of them seem to be on Twitter. But with yeah. some kids eighteen arguing with you, well, he's only watched like say so he's he's really only watched hockey since two thousand and ten. So I mean, he grew up in this, so he has no idea what I'm talking about when I'm saying something about some guy in nineteen eighty five. Like yeah. they just watch old YouTube clips and oh, they're slow and they suck and the goalies suck and oh, if Crosby played back then, he'd get four hundred points, you know, and just stupid shit like that, you know. Yeah. But uh, so they can't relate. But at the same time, they watch today's hockey and just think it's great with all these sick dangles and all this bullshit that they go on and on about. But they, because they have no frame of reference to go by. So, I mean, I can't sit and yell and at some 18 year old because he doesn't know any different anyway. So it's, you know, and that's the generation of fan. That's, this is what they grew up with. So it's just, uh, it's completely different now. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, with Lucic. Yeah, Lucic, there's another guy. I mean, I watched him play junior in Vancouver and come all the way up. So it's uh, followed his progression. Yeah, so that, that's been really cool. I was a big Lucic fan. That's awesome. Like, there was a game within the game, which doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. And, and people that have never played a sport, it doesn't matter yeah. if you've played if you've played any competitive – no, I'm not talking, like, house league – but if you've gone and played any elite level sport, whether it be baseball or high end football or, or anything, anything elite level, like you just said, there's a game within a game and a, a fan doesn't understand that and they don't get it. And uh, yeah, what, you have to be involved in it to understand. It's a whole different, it's a whole different culture. Nyland, I listen to him every day because uh, just about an hour east of me, uh, he He's on a show, TSN 690, right? Uh, he's on at noon to three. And he also talks about UFC and stuff like that. Uh, like you were talking, obviously you're, you're really interested in hockey fights. Did you ever take a liking to any stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. Like I've always I've always kind of been a, like a, a boxing fan and a UFC fan. I, I'm not a diehard. Uh, you, it was funny. As, I mean, it's completely different. But, you know, I've always kind of been a big pro wrestling fan too. Growing up, oh, I always cool. loved pro. I had a friend that was involved in it. So I kind of, I was really into it. And uh, yeah. You know, stuff like that. But, I mean, anything anything combat and physical. I mean, even growing up as kids, like even when we were just over at the rink playing hockey, it was full contact. Like we were yeah. always hitting each other and fighting and even in minor hockey, you know, cage rage, the gloves on and everything, you know. I mean, everyone did that. Yeah, no, so I've always been really into physical stuff. So, yeah, and 
UFC. Like I said, I'm not a diehard UFC guy. And it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to go to the gym and roll today or anything like that. But I mean, I've, uh, you know, I, I've gotten into it and watched it. Of course, GSP and all them and Cowboy Cerrone is probably my favorite guy. I was, I was, I was upset against this fight with McGregor. I kind of figured yeah. that was going to happen, but I was kind of hoping he put in a little better showing. But uh, yeah, it's too bad. Yeah, well, he's uh, he's so wide open and just. I mean, that guy's just, you know, win, lose, or draw. It's good. You're going to get your money's worth, right? So I've always just been yeah. a big fan of his. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, if, if UFC's on, I'll watch it. But, uh, you know, I couldn't name you the roster or who's the champ or anything. But uh, appreciate. I definitely appreciate combat sports for sure. For me, like I said, obviously because of the way that hockey's changed, I've had to find something else. Like, obviously, I still have a love for hockey. Playoffs come around. I, I do a pool, right? Um, yeah. Maybe that's because I'm a degenerate gambler, but anyways. Well, I was going to say, as much as I don't like sports that much, I'll always bet on it. I'm yeah. right with you on the degenerate stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, that's what I do, and that's what I talk about on my podcast, too. Like, to, yeah. for me to be interested in a hockey game, now I have to bet on it. Like, I yeah. can't just watch it. I need to bet on it because it's I'm bored. You know? it, well, it's funny as as I've gotten to, with the betting, I've come to the point now where when I'm I can't watch what I bet on, it, it, which is really which is really weird. I can't watch it; I, it drives me nuts. That every time I've watched, it seems like I end up with a bad beat. So it's like, okay, I'm not watching sports anymore. Yeah. So, but uh, when I'm betting on it, but oh yeah, like I mean, I'll uh, you know got some shit on sports interaction. Of course, I go to Vegas every year, and um, you know. And if I really want to get DGN, of course, I'll buy some pro lines over at 7-Eleven because why not, right? Right on. Like, just talking about uh, UFC, like, I mean, I'm not a, an expert in anything, but it kind of satisfies my craving for that lack of uh, physical play in hockey. But anyways. Uh, no, I hear you. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. yeah. I just uh, recently saw that John Jones, uh, he's yeah. uh, facing more legal action. Yeah, I saw he got arrested for the DUI. And yeah, that guy's a... Uh, the guy's got some issues, obviously, because the guy, what a talent, like, holy shit. Oh, but, course, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a train wreck off away from the ring. He's a train wreck, obviously. Oh, I said, Jesus Christ, you have all that money. Get an Uber, man. You know, <laughs> I mean, Jesus, you know, you could have one of your boy, one of your posse could drive you home. Like you seriously. Yeah. That's yeah. unfortunate. These guys, but I, th- I think there's obviously more to than just bad luck. I think he's got some issues, I think, obviously. And, uh, Hopefully he gets those straightened out. But yeah, he was an amazing talent in his day. That's for yeah. sure. Make a good reality show, though. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> John Jones. John, uh, you're a freaking inspiration. I love you, man. But like Kanye West, it is hard to be your fan. What? <laughs> what a. Uh, <laughs> We'll go back to hockey a little bit. Do you have one fight that you wish you could have saw that you've heard of? You mean that there's no video to? Yeah. Ba- ba- well, I was going to say basically every friggin' WHL game from the 80s and the 90s, there is no footage of that stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, you always hear the folklore of, you know, like Dave Brown or Joey Koser when they were in Saskatoon or Wendell Clark for that matter. Okay. I mean, there's no Wendell Clark saskatoon blades footage out there no one has really? yeah i mean i remember as a kid because we I watched them so i can remember some of that stuff but yeah i mean so unfortunately i'd really like to have that i'd really like to have saskatoon blades wendell footage that'd be really cool footage of all the stuff i saw we'll put it that way live because i saw some really cool shit do you know what was there videos of the ohl fights or probably not as well well see that was the thing back then there was no like youtube or anything so it was like or or cable 
or internet. So, I mean, you never saw any of these people, so you didn't know. So back then, I mean, every team had to videotape their games in case something happened and they had to submit the tape to the league for like discipline reasons, right? Because it wasn't like it was getting filmed for any other reason. Like it wasn't on TV or anything, but every team had to tape their games. So then the only reason that there's any old footage out there is obviously some fan got a hold of the team or knew someone involved with the team and got the game tapes at the end of the year and made a fight tape out of them. So that that's the only way that happened, because other than that, there was no... I mean, because the Saskatoon Blades here locally, a couple times a month, <clears throat> would put a game on Access Cable. I mean, that's how I got some of the stuff I have on tape. And I knew, and like I said, knowing the owner, <clears throat> I ended up getting some game tapes. So that's how I got some of the older stuff that I have. But I, it's because I knew a guy. Other than that, it was like, no, this stuff's gone forever. So, and unless, and unless a player got it, which most of them don't, because they don't think about it at the time. Like even my brother, like in junior, he probably had 50 fights. And I remember telling them, get your fights. And he never did. I, I have three of them. He got three. But I told him at the time, I said, you wait, when you're 30 years old, you're going to be pissed off. You never got them. <laughs> Yo, okay, geek, whatever. Yeah, sure enough. Oh, I wish I had my fights. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, what did I know? Yeah, I only told you that a hundred times, you fucking idiot. Yeah. You know, but what does big brother know? Yeah, but uh, no, but lots of players. Most of the guys, because every guy that I've interviewed, I'm like, hey, do you got any of your stuff on tape? 95% don't have anything because you just don't think about it at the time. But uh, I mean, nowadays, kids playing now, I mean, you can get any league you want on your computer and you know, I mean, every, and you can get anything now. But yeah, up until the internet started. So unless you knew a guy or somebody was filming, I will say with the OHL though, the OHL had a lot more local cable deals than the Western Hockey League did. Because I've got, I have some older OHL tapes and they're all like game broadcasts with like announcers and replay and everything. So they were doing a lot more stuff on local cable than they were doing out in the Western Hockey League. Because so I do have some older OHL stuff. That's good to know then, at least. Yeah. Well, there's, I mean, Probert, there's nothing of him. I think there's three junior fights of Bob Probert out there on tape and that's it. So that's okay. a shame. It's too bad there wasn't more Sault Ste. Marie or who else did he play for? Brantford and Hamilton. I mean, you know, in the early 80s. Yeah, no, unfortunately that stuff's gone. Unless there's some uh, some dude in Sault Ste. Marie sitting on a bunch of old VHS Bob Probert tapes, but I doubt it. <laughs> You'd buy them, right? Absolutely, I would. Yes, absolutely. Speaking of him, uh, like, what's your favorite hockey book? Probably Terry Ryan's book, uh, Tales of a First Round Nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a very good book. If anybody listening, if you haven't, get it. Well, that, if you want to buy it, actually, seriously, get a hold of Terry Ryan on on Twitter or on Facebook. He's all over social media. Just okay. get a hold of him and he'll he'll sell it to you, autograph it, send it to you, you get a good price on it. He was a first round for my for my team, so Yeah, and he never panned out unfortunately and he got some shitty breaks and then that bad the ankle injury ended it. But uh well you talk about a guy, man, watched him in the Western he was the man in junior. He was unbelievable. Fifty goals, thirty fights. I mean, man, the guy could do it all. I was That's a awesome. huge Oh, he was awesome. And then to turn out, and then as it's gone on here with social media, everything, I've I've gotten a chance to connect to him, and I've I've talked to him a bunch of times. And uh, Terry's a really nice guy, and uh, had him on the show there. And no, he's a good dude. Terry Ryan's a great guy. I mean, he's got about a million podcasts out there. But uh, yeah, anybody listening, if you haven't, definitely get his book. It's he's got some amazing stories in there. Well, when you say that he's got a million podcasts, you mean that he has one podcast with a million episodes or he has multiple podcasts. Oh, you see, he bounces around. He starts one and then he was with some other guys. It was called third man in. And then he had 
stories with TR. And now he's doing something else. I don't know. He's like a fart in a blanket. He's all over the place. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's always doing something. He was on with That's- Ken Reed there on Sportsnet the other day. I don't know what he was doing. So he was yapping yeah. about something. But uh, like I said, if you want follow Terry Ryan, he's all over social media. Well, and then, of course, Spit and Chiglets came out to the house there in Newfoundland with him and his old man. And Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, they were all over that. And, uh, you know. A lot, of, a lot of alcohol consumed and some craziness, but I, but there's been lots of good books over the years. Uh, Don Cherry's books are always really good. Actually, Don Cherry's very first book, which anybody, which is probably hard to find now because it was like in 1981, but it was basically okay. his, it was by his biography. That was it's called Grapes. That one was really good. That's a really good book too. That was probably the first hockey book I really got into. Was that one? That but that'd be hard to find for people now. Although they might have reprinted it. I don't know. I have an original copy, but they might have reprinted it. But uh, that's a good book too. And his podcast doing pretty well. And you were yeah. talking about uh, Terry Ryan's uh, multiple podcasts. Yeah. Um, what would be your favorite hockey podcast uh, out there? Well, I've, I always always try to be loyal. I, I always try to listen to the to the little guys, right? Um, I don't I don't listen to a lot of the ex players ones. Um, just okay. like I mean, Spit and Chiglets, kind of you know whatever. I like I like Biz and those guys. I mean, if they have McGratton or something, Bon Vion, if they have a tough guy on, I'll listen. But uh, I don't generally listen to their show. Depends who the guest is, I guess. But most of the time, I always listen to my friends. Like I'll listen to the Five for Fighting podcast. Alec over there. I listen to the William at the Biscuit, Get the Gate, Slewfoot Show. I mean, I know all those guys. Dan at the Obey the Puck Show. I mean, all those guys have really helped me out when I started podcasting. So I always try to listen to their, their Joe at the Penalty Box Chronicles, who does the Islander one. You yeah. know, I'll, I've known Joe for years. So, I mean, I'll listen to their show, you know, just to support them. Like they've supported me. And, uh, you know, that's what I always try to tell people. I mean, now that you and I have connected, I've listened to a few of your episodes and, uh, Actually, I've, there was a bunch of episodes I listened to you of because I knew all. Now I know all about your uh, federal hockey league story and and everything. But uh, no, so I mean, I'll listen to your stuff and and just little little guys shows. I always say right because I mean we all start we all have to stick together. I think uh, you know we don't have the big rolodex that with the celebrity guests like these the players do. I said one time on the morning skate. There's another one. I mean, they're a big podcast. The morning skate. I mean, those guys have grown huge, and uh, I was I was really fortunate that they had me on there a couple months ago, and and I said it on that show, and it's um you know, and I'll say it here. I mean, everybody as soon as you say hockey podcast, automatically it goes to spit and chiglets. That's what people talk about, and I understand that, and that's understandable. But um, you know, I like I said, and I'm not I'm not trying to sound arrogant or whatever, but. I mean, I'll put up my John Morasti interview up with anything Spit and Chiglets has ever done. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and it's just like, oh, just because I don't have the, you know, they, I'm not the ex-player and everything else. But they had Mike Segroy on. And yeah, it was, a, and everybody, oh, it was a great episode. Segroy's crazy. What an awesome episode of Spit and Chiglets. It was really good. But Alec interviewed him on five, interviewed Mike Segroy on five for fighting like a month before that. And his interview is way better than the Spit and Chiglets one was. But, yeah. nobody, but nobody will listen to it because they don't know who he is. To me, that's a real shame because like Alec's Segroy interview was way better. But no one's going to listen to it because Biz isn't doing it, right? And it's just like, yeah. come on, you know? And it's like when I start, that, I mean, when I got into the podcast thing, it was, it, I had no illusions that I was going to be rivaling spitting chiglets or anything. I knew that wasn't going to happen. That that wasn't why I was doing it. Like you said, same thing. It's the reason I do it is to give these guys a, the reason I initially started the podcast was these other podcasts would have, 
these tough guys on and they'd ask them one or two questions about their career. And then they talk about current hockey the rest of the time. Like, like you said, you have, you have Chris Nyland on and you don't talk about anything from when he played, but Oh, let's talk about Shea Weber and the Canadians power play. Who gives a shit? You have Chris Nyland on like, why are you not talking about the 86 playoff brawl with the flyers or something like, or fighting Terry O'Reilly or in the Boston garden when he started the brawl? Like, why are you not talking about that? So I just yeah. uh, I just got pissed off with shit like that because I think somebody had Tony Twist on once and they asked him like two questions and then they started talking about current hockey and I just got mad. So I was like, yeah. you know what? I'm going to do it myself. So I just started yeah. my own show because I'm like, I want to ask these guys these questions. I don't give a shit what their views on current hockey are. I want I want to hear their stories from junior and yeah. from the minors. And so that's why I started my show was to get their stories. I really hope that people, especially now, I always say my website took a terrible, my timing was terrible for my site to crash because right now no one's got anything, nothing to do but listen to podcasts. Exactly. Because no one's doing shit right now. So I I really hope people out there listening take their time. Now, granted, there's a lot of podcasts that have started up. Like you could spit and hit a hockey podcast nowadays. There's a thousand hockey podcasts and 900 of them suck. And, and that's a, it's your hobby. You want to try it out. You know, that's fine. And again, I'm not sitting there saying, oh, mine was the best. I'm not saying that at all, but there's a lot of guys that they'll start and they're unprepared. They don't know who their guest is, or they just, I mean, whatever. It's just, it's hard to listen to sometimes, but there's a lot of good podcasts out there that like, unfortunately people, cause there's just so much, there's just so much content now that people, there's only so much time in the day to listen to stuff. I really hope people kind of seek out in this time of kind of the smaller history of hockey podcast. There's another one. Uh, Shane does an awesome job in the amount of time that he's put into these episodes. He had like a three-part Doug Smith episode. He did an episode about the history of the violence in hockey. And like, I mean, the dude's like, goddamn, like Walter Cronkite. He gets right in there and in depth. And like, I wish he got a lot more listens because the, the, what he put, the effort he puts in is unbelievable. There's a lot just, of good shows out there. I just saw on Twitter, sorry to cut you off, but the history of hockey fights, I don't know if you can send me that link, but um, he, he has a Twitter account as well, obviously. Or... Well, that's a different guy. That The history of hockey fights, oh, I've known, yeah, I've known, oh, that, I've known that cat for 20 years. Um, okay. He doesn't do a pod, he doesn't do a podcast, but he has, his, his Twitter feed's really good. Um, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's good. No, it's called the history of hockey and it's on there and uh, he's put, put about a hundred episodes out. And he's okay. been doing it for a while. And his name's Shane. He's he's really his shows are really good. Yeah, you were talking about Alec um, yep. Five for Five podcast. Obviously, I joined his page recently. Uh, the well, he changed it now. It's called the Enforcer Appreciation page. <laughs> he just had a guest on it. You were talking about long episodes. Uh, Pat Barton. So I don't yep. think he's released an episode yet. But he, that's what he said. Is about a a four hour episode. So like, what do you do when you do a four hour episode? Like, what, <laughs> are you sitting on the couch or what are you doing? Oh yeah, like I've had a few. I haven't had one that long, but I mean, oh, I should. I've had one. I've had one almost three. Tedarinkos is almost three, and most okay. of mine are definitely two and a bit. Yeah, you sit here and away you go, and it really sucks when you start uh, when you start dieseling beers, and then about and then you all of a sudden you break the seal and you got to piss every ten minutes. That that sucks, but uh, that's happened to me a couple times. But uh, okay. yeah, you just you just keep going, and uh, it's funny though when you get when you're into it though. And you're having a really good back and forth with someone and you're telling stories and you're listening and you're really engaged. You don't realize how much time's gone by. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like, you know, it's right on your screen and it's ticking away. But I mean, I'll lean back in my chair and just kind of sit and listen. And yeah, next thing I know, I look and it's like we're at the two hour mark. 
you know, and it's like, holy shit. And every guest that I've had, every one of them has said after we've been done, holy shit, that was two and a half hours. That flew by. That felt like it was 10 minutes. Every one of them has said that. Yeah, when you just get engaged and I mean, I've had a few guests on when they start talking. The first couple, five or 10 minutes was like, oh my God, this is going to be this like pulling teeth. But they all turned out, they all turned out to be okay. But I had a few when they started off, I was asking them questions and I got, yeah. Well, you got to have to give me more than that, or we're this is going to be about a seven and a half minute episode here. Like, come on, dude! But they've yeah. all uh, they've all turned out to. Well, I think I want, and I, and I never realized it at the time, and but I guess I should have. But I, they're nervous too, you know, which is always weird to me because I'm like, didn't you do interviews when you played? Like, why are you nervous to talk to me? But all of them yeah. say they're really nervous, which was really weird. Well, for sure, and like like even me talking to you tonight, I thought you know it would go away gradually. I don't know. You don't want to sound like a clown on uh, online, you know. Well, I know what you're saying. You well, you just want it to go smooth, and and you don't know how someone's going to react to you or 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 the questions or uh, yeah. no, I no, and I completely understand that. Oh, I have I have the same the nerves too. Like when I when I phone these guys up because it's not like I have a history with them. Some of the guys yeah. I do, some of them I've talked to a lot online and. And got set up, so it wasn't completely okay. My name's Darren. You know, it was. It hadn't been that foreign. I mean, but uh, but there's been a couple where it was like I didn't have a lot of interaction with them before we did the interview. Yeah, the first little while, like when I first get them on the phone, we kind of we're warming up, and I'm just checking their audio levels, and I'm kind of getting set up, and you know, I'll, I'll talk to them for about four, you know, five ten minutes before we get going. Most of the time, I try to. I I think I've been fairly successful in breaking the ice with them. And loosening yeah. them up because there's been a couple guys who are like, oh, dude, I don't know. And I think what really helped, I think, was giving a bunch of them questions ahead of time. Okay. Yeah. And, letting them, and letting them think about it because I think so then they don't. I mean, I'll have, I don't give them every question, but I mean, I've given them enough to think about where it's sort of fresh in their mind because a lot of these guys, it's like, I mean, they haven't thought about this shit in 20 years, right? So it's like, what, well, you know, you kind of refresh them a little bit. But, uh, no, most of the guys have been, well, they've all been good guests, but, but yeah, I sometimes for, you know, and I, I, same as you, I get, I get nervous too, but I guess after doing 45 episodes and then being a guest on a whole bunch of podcasts, I guess I'm just sort of used to uh, rambling at this point. But you didn't take any lessons in, in school. Like you didn't take uh It was funny. No, I did. I did an internship at a radio station and uh, oh, cool. I, I was going to, I was going to get into radio. I have a face for radio. And, yeah, 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 and uh, yeah. They always say the camera adds ten pounds. I I must have, I must have eaten eight cameras. Yeah, but uh, I was initially, and this is back early nineties. Of course, before satellite, who knew what satellite radio and everything that was going to happen now? But back then, it was just AM FM, right? So, but yeah. I always was sort of interested. Not, I wasn't a huge music guy or anything. Like, oh, I want to be a DJ or whatever, but disc or whatever, a radio guy, music radio guy. I always kind of wanted to be like a sports radio guy. And like, yeah. you know, of course now you see sports radios everywhere. And of course this, we didn't have that in Saskatoon back in the early nineties. So I was, it was a foreign, what I was saying was a foreign concept. No, I kind of always wanted to sort of get into radio. So I did an internship at a radio station and got to know the guys and how things worked and in the radio business. And I was going to go to like broadcasting school. I was saving up money for it. And then I talked to a few radio guys and basically they're just like, fuck dude, there's no money in it. And you're going to start, 
Because for some reason, when you're young, I guess, you just assume like, oh, if I get into it, they're going to give me the morning drive show on the biggest FM channel in Saskatoon and I'm rolling. You know, it's yeah. like, no, it doesn't work like that. You're going to end up in armpit Saskatchewan on some AM station from midnight to 6 AM and you're going to make yeah. no money. And, you know, and it's like, oh, and then reality sort of starts setting in. It's like, well, I don't want to do that. You know, and so I basically got talked out of it. So for yeah. years, I so and I've had looking back, I'm probably kind of thankful when that happened, but it's like, uh, cause you know, doing okay now, but, uh, you know, at the time, I think now with the podcasting, I think it's sort of come full circle and it's almost sort of like, this is my, uh, radio now. And I've always, like I said, obviously from my answers here from this show that I could talk the ears off a brass monkey. So I think I was sort of missed my calling maybe, but podcasting has given me a voice to do it now. And you do a great job, and obviously Alec does as well with Five for Fighting. I'm a big fan of both you guys. Do you have any idea, like, did you save those MP3s? Are you going to be able to upload them back? Because like I said, I, I was just starting to listen to the shows, and then obviously I couldn't listen to, to the next ones. I listened to Marasty and Mayran, but any kind of time frame of when they're going to be back up? or <clears throat> No, I, you know, I have everything saved um, on, yeah. my, on my computer here. So um, probably what's going to... I don't know. I'm debating whether I'm going to do my podcast again. I've been kind of hemming and hawing. If I'm going to come back, I think I might change the format up a little bit. I mean, it'll okay. still be an enforcer podcast, but I think it'll be a lot more just me talking okay. and uh, and some. And well, I'm going to have you on. And uh, but like fight fans, I'm kind of I might move away from the player interviews a little bit. Okay. I'll still do them, but I don't think that's going to be my main focus. But um, no, if I if I get back into doing it, because it just sucks having to restart. You know, because yeah. I, I had some good momentum going and then, yeah. you know, and I had people subscribe to my iTunes channel and everything. Well, now it's like, okay, now I have to restart. But if I'm going to do it, um, the first thing I think I'm going to do is I will probably, I think at the very least, um, re-upload all my player interviews. Because well, I, I, th- I think I owe it to the players, at least, yeah. to have to have their... If, if I'm not doing a show, at least have their stories out there for people to listen to. You know, so I think at the very least, I'm going to do those. I'll re-upload all my old player interviews. You know, and then going forward, I think... Um, I don't know, I although I, I do enjoy yapping away and just telling stories. And, and like I said to my friend, it's like, well, I could do a John Morasti interview and have 2,000 people listen to it. And then I could do an I could do an episode where it's just me talking about ranting about hockey and talking about my Las Vegas trip, and a hundred and a hundred people listen to it. But yeah, do you know how much money I made off both of them? Zero. Zero. So yeah, what is exactly. it, so so who gives a shit? What does it matter? Like I mean, I I'm very fortunate with the amount of time that I put in on Twitter, and you know, and with the amount with the following that I have, I sort of have a built in audience already. I'll I'll sort of have my same kind of diehard listeners that they'll listen to every episode that I put out the moment it comes out. And, uh, and I'm very thankful for those people and, and that's who I'm doing the show for. And if, if other people want to listen, that's great. But if not, I, I, I just want to entertain, I want to entertain the diehards. That's, that's what I'd like, you know? And, uh, I think if I come back, that's going to be who my focus is. I'm going to focus more this time around on, on the people that are already there instead of trying to get more. Like if, you, if you put out a good product and you're, and you're, you, people can listen to you, you you'll yeah. grow regardless. You'll grow. It might take a long time, but I mean, you'll, you'll gain listeners by putting out a good product. So I think as long as you just kind of keep focus on that, because I'll tell you, man, this, uh, I've, I've been in, I've, I've seen it and it's been, and it's happened to me this, I don't know what it is, but this like podcasting little world is freaking cutthroat, man. 
there are some assholes out there. Like I had a guy that runs that, that clown that runs the black and gold Bruins show. Fuck that guy. You know, I mean, he had me on and I, and whatever. I tried to help him out and William over at the biscuit helped, tried to help him out. Then all of a sudden he, he blocks us on Twitter and does all this shit. That's like for no reason. And just shit like that. And he talked to these other podcasts. They're like, I don't know who they think they're, what they're fighting over. I don't know what, why you need, you, they like they feel the need to sewer other podcasts. Uh, I don't understand that. I've had a few people try to do that to me and I don't, I don't understand why. And I've, I've sent them private messages. Like, what's your problem? Like I've yeah. never, I've never had any interaction with this person. And apparently he went on his show and he started shit talking me. I'm like, I don't even know who this is. I don't, I, I don't, what's this guy's problem? So I just got a hold of him and I'm like, what, dude, what's your deal? Like, what, what are you shitting on me for? And he, and he didn't really have an answer, but it was just like, he, he just, I guess he was mad. I had some guest on before he did, or he had the guest on and then I had him on and more people were listening to him. I don't know what his problem was. I, I have no idea. And I was just like, yeah. well, it's just like, for what, what are you doing, man? Like, we're not, yeah. what, are you, what are you fighting over? Uh, like I always said, I think all of us, us little guys, we should all sort of help each other out. Should be more of a like a family environment, obviously. Well, yeah. Like I, I, mean, I started interviewing guys that I didn't realize you guys already had on. I'll be honest, like when I when I created my Facebook page to interview these guys, I added like a few guys that I knew were into hockey fights and stuff like that. I added a bunch of people, and then I interviewed a, a few guys. And like I said, I listened to your Dean Mayran and your Morasti interview. Uh, after the fact that I, I had interviewed them, obviously I knew that they'd probably been on uh, multiple podcasts before, but uh, I told them beforehand, I said, because like, they would ask me like, oh, have you listened to uh, so-and-so podcast before? Is it is yours like that? I'm like, I don't want to listen to their podcast because I don't want to repeat the same shit. <laughs> you know, so, that, Definitely after I listened to your podcast, though, like, and I'm not a brown noser or nothing, but you did a friggin' awesome job. And I was like, kind of felt like shit after <laughs> about my podcast. Oh, no. I mean, everyone, oh, I appreciate that. But I mean, no, everyone has a... Everyone has a different approach, right? And I think that's what makes the list makes listening different. I mean, that's why I always said to to William and the and, and Alec and them. I mean, we could have the same guests on, but it's going to be a totally different show. Yeah. Their their approach is a lot different than mine, and they ask different questions. And uh, you know, I mean, and why to, not? To be, honest, to be honest with you, the only episode that I listened with Alec was uh, Andre Waugh. Yeah, and I listened to the one that you were on as well. And, uh, sorry, actually, about, uh, sorry about that. No, I just. <laughs> To be honest, I was on a construction site and there was a shovel uh, digging and uh, I mean, I was like getting bits and pieces of it and uh, I don't know how I stumbled upon Alex's uh, podcast, um, but this would probably be like midway through me starting uh, since November of 2019. Where the fuck was I going with this? Oh yeah, no, but I was just saying uh, about Alec, uh, I saw something on Facebook that he was going to interview a guy. I was thinking about interviewing at one point, but I... I thought the guy had vanished off the face of the earth is uh, Tim LaVake. Do you know who I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On your YouTube channel, did, do you have uh, that, that Laval chiefs uh, documentary? Oh, I, I saw it years ago. I actually saw it right when it came out, but okay. I, I own it. I own it, but no, I didn't. It's not on my channel. It's on oh, YouTube. Fine. It's on YouTube though. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that one for sure. I don't know if he's interviewed him already, but um, that's going to be an interesting one for sure. It's going to be strange because like the guy only played like five games in the LNH. So it's like, okay. you know, it'll be, I, you know, and he played, it'll, but I mean, if, it, if he's anything like his, uh, 
his uh, appearance on the documentary. Uh, yeah, I think it'll yeah. be it, it'll be interesting just for what's going to come out of his mouth. I don't know how much hockey history the guy has, but uh, yeah, he, he's uh, he's an interesting character. Yeah, that's just I don't know. Like I stumbled upon a few videos, and the guys on his team are just like, "Yeah, we don't really understand him." So yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited to listen to that podcast for sure. Yeah, and I, I was actually really happy that uh, Alec got Pat Burton on because I mean I know Pat's all over that Facebook page, and uh, yeah, of course yeah. he played in the OHL, he played in the minors, and uh, Pat will have some really good stories. <clears throat> and I really hope uh, for Alec's sake and for Pat's, sake, I really hope people tune in. And again, it's the same thing, right? Like you're, when you're dealing, I, well, I've had this, I've had this discussion on Twitter. Like when I interviewed uh, like Dean Mayrad, for example, it's happened a bunch of times, but, or a Josh Mays or a Chris Graff, you put the interview up and there's, well, who's that? Listen, just go listen to it. Trust me. It'll be good. You know? And it's yeah. like, you know, if, if you don't have a name guy, people don't tune in. And that, to me, that gets really frustrating because it's like, I know you don't. I know you probably don't know who he is, but go to Hockey DB, go to YouTube, type his name in. He'll come up a few times, get a get a flavor for how his fights are or whatever, and then listen yeah. to the show because I'm like every guy's got stories, and at some point he'll mention someone you know. Trust me, you know. Yeah. And uh, I really hope, even though people don't, maybe not are not familiar with who these guys are, that they tune in anyway because uh, I think a lot of times you'll be pleasantly surprised. And especially with a guy like Dean Mayenran, like you just mentioned, like the way I found out about him, and this might have been on your channel, sorry if I uh, mistaken, but uh, it was from the Black and Blue uh, Blue yeah. Battle of the Enforcers, yeah. and uh, that that's how I actually discovered him. Um, like I told you, like in minor hockey, I didn't fight. I just got interested into the hockey fighters and got passionate about that once I got in my first hockey fight. The path that he went through was different from all the other hockey players. So like that's why what I meant about interesting uh, guys that you've had on your podcast, because yeah. that guy, you know, like he didn't get drafted to, uh, you know, OHL and then made it to this league and that league. You know, he, he, he really had to bust his hump in the minors. So. No, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no. And then of course you, yeah, like you said, he was in that, <laughs> that, that very unique enforcer tournament in Prince George and yeah. uh, that, which was uh, one of a kind. And, uh, and and then of course the Quebec League. Well, that's just a whole that's a whole shit show unto itself. That that league. I mean, uh, the stories out of that league are incredible. And he was in there. For, he was in that league for a long time. And yeah, then and of like, course he was in the movie and everything. So yeah, no, Dean was a really interesting guy. But I was gonna say yeah. he he was actually the most prepared guest I ever had. Yeah, yeah that's one thing I felt bad about. <laughs> but uh, he told me a little bit about the movie part in uh, the Love Guru. Eh? Is that the the movie? Yep. I think he mentioned it, but maybe I'm a bad listener. But uh, yeah, so I'm gonna have to rewatch that movie. Cause well, I, I, I was I was fortunate because he told I didn't know he was in that, and he okay. and again this is all goes to the prep. Um, he told me about it being in that movie, yeah. and then I went and looked into it because I can remember like watching bits of that movie is so bad. I remember I watched clips of it and it was like, oh my god, this is the shits. So I never hey, watched it. <laughs> yeah, it's horrendous. Yeah. 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 Oh, he even said it. But I mean, hey, I don't blame him. I mean, it was a, a payday yeah. in the summer, right? I, oh, hey, if you could be in a movie sure, with yeah. if, if you can be in a movie with Mike Myers and Justin Timberlake, who the hell's gonna say no to that? Of course not. No, and he got to hang out and Probert was in it. So he got to hang out with Probert for four months. Yeah, well, I didn't know any of that. And he was telling me that on the phone. Yeah. See, when I interviewed Dean, that was the first one to ever interview him. So he was like really nervous. So he okay. wanted to do, a, he didn't want to sound bad. So he wanted to do a lot of prep. So he phoned me from work one time and him and I sat on the phone for like an hour. And we just talked about, you know, what we were going to talk about. And he mentioned the movie. 
And when he said Love Guru, I knew I knew of the movie, but I, I remember thinking, oh my God, it was terrible. But then he was telling me, oh, well, Probert was in it and I hung out with him and Timberlake and all these. And I'm like, holy shit. Well, that's a, there's an interesting story, right? So if he, I mean, yeah. if he hadn't have said it, I wouldn't have never brought it up. So I was yeah. very, I was very fortunate that, uh, and he goes, okay, well, ask me about this, this, and this. And he really timelined it. You know, and then, uh, and then of course I added my own questions. So when him and I were, did my episode, it, it was like really easy. Like we were already sort of in groove with each other. And that, that was a, that was probably my smoothest interview because I talked yeah. to him for so much before that. So I just got lucky with that, that, you know, because like I said, for for him, it was, uh, that was the first interview he had done. So it was, uh, I know he was really aware of not trying to sound I think he was a little, really nervous about coming off and sounding ridiculous. So he wanted to be yeah. prepared and he was, but, uh, yeah. And, and then I was asked you earlier, like about, I kind of like caught you off guard probably about most interesting interview because you've interviewed so many guys. So me, it's uh, a little bit easier. If yep. Very intelligent. Uh, you know, spoke well, one guy, I don't know if you've had him. Have you had Jason Renard on your podcast? <laughs> no, no. Okay. Have you he- heard him on Alex podcast? I didn't oh yeah. Yeah. Alex. Yeah had to be the funniest guy I've ever had on the phone. Like, you know, when you're talking about episodes that just flow, yeah, uh, that guy, like, I don't know what the expression that you use. Um, you were saying what you can, he can talk to something off a, whatever. Like, talk the ears off a brass monkey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's the thing. If you get, if you can get a guy who, who is very vocal, then it, then it really gets going. Like that was the thing with like Chris Waltz and Joey Tedarenko that were really good. Cause they were just, they could really talk. And they were really into it. Um, some guys you kind of got to bring out of their shell and you sort of have to hold them by the hand and, and, and really walk them through the interview. Other guys are just like Renard or you, you basically give them a launching point and they'll, and they'll go from there. And they, they can make their own interview, a guy like that, which is really easy for us, the interviewer. Um, yeah. It makes our, makes our life easy. And you get a really good episode out of it. I'm going to ask you one last question, talking about funny guys and uh, guys that can tell some good stories. You sound like you were a bit of a fan of grapes um, or Absolutely. a big fan of grapes. Who would you uh, pick as quote unquote replacement for grapes on uh, Hockey Night in Canada? I know you can't really replace grapes, but. Well, the two guys I would either Bissonette, Paul Bissonette or Terry Ryan. I've said that forever. I've said those two guys should have been the ones that replaced them. Yeah. Terry Ryan would be hard, though, to get him to... It would be hard to get him to... Well, it would be interesting because Terry Ryan and Ron McLean are really good friends. Okay. So they already have that built in. Um, I think he'd be really good. And uh, I've... Oh, I've I've sent tweets to the Hockey Night in Canada say that they should hire Terry Ryan to do that. Or, or Biz. But, I mean, Biz has got his gig with the Arizona Coyotes now, so... They missed opportunity there, but I could. I I'm glad Biz is working with Arizona. But up leading up till then, I couldn't. I could not believe a team or the league had not put him on some platform. I was just like, "Are you kidding me? This is the most elect. This is the most engaging guy you have, yeah. and no one's doing anything with him. Are you serious? Like I I never understood that. And then finally, Arizona got smart and put and hired him. But it was just like. Yeah. Are you serious? But I, I don't know if the Spit and Chick Well, and Spit and Chicklets became a whole lot better show when he joined up. Oh, of course. Yeah, it, it, yeah. he took it to a whole other level. You know what's yeah. funny? You're talking about Biz. Um, I got a buddy that played uh, in the O with him. He was, his, he was a goalie, a backup goalie. And I guess he wasn't, like, super vocal back in the day. No. I mean, oh, he's an all-star back in the day, actually. <laughs> um, 
Well, Biz is a lot better player in junior in the minors than people give him credit for. Then he gives himself credit for. He always downplays it, but he was actually yeah. a pretty good. He was a good player, and he turned himself into a tough guy. He wasn't even really much of a fighter, but he yeah. just knew that that's how he was going to make the league, right? So that's why he decided to do it. Um, yeah. No, and I think a lot of it. I think is a lot of it's show. Like he he understands it. I think he puts on his uh, his his Biz persona and away he goes. I mean, I've I've talked to a few guys that know him and they're like, oh no, away from the camera and stuff. He's completely different. He's really mellow and shit. Yeah, he's, <laughs> you know. But when the camera when that light goes on, he can put on his show, right? Well, that's his brand, and that's that's how he's made his money. He's probably made more money doing this away from the rink than he was on the rink. Of course, I t- took full advantage of it, and, and uh, he ran with it. And uh, but like myself, I I just always say it. I think Chris Nyland because I just listen to him every day. So maybe it's just a matter yeah. of yeah. me listening to him every day. So while I'm driving home, when I'm driving to work, and uh, I find his stories are very engaging and stuff. To me, he's a kind of guy that doesn't hold back. But I agree. Go ahead. Well, and I think you you need someone with credibility. You need someone yeah, that's exactly. You, you need someone that's done it. Right. And, uh, you know, you need someone to play. Of course. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of, uh, well, these new fans or whatever, I, I don't think they realized that Cherry ever played. It was like he played for 20 years. Oh, yeah. he only played one NHL game. Well, whatever. He played 20 years of pro hockey. Stop being stupid. Um, you know, so back then there was only six teams too. So it was a little harder to make the NHL. But no, he played 20 years of uh, pro hockey and, and then coached and was NHL coach of the year. And people always, a lot of people forget that. Like Jer- Cherry has credibility in the chops, man. Like he knows what he's. I mean, now he's in his eight late eighties, and you know he's getting a little. I love Don and everything, but you know Don goes a little off the off the rails now and again. Oh, yeah. You know whatever. But I mean, back in the day, like in the eighties, and like I mean, we grew up with Coach's Corner in the eighties yeah. and nineties, right? And of course, we had all the Rock and Sock and tapes and everything. That was our that was our Christmas every Christmas, right? You get it, Santa bring you Rock and Sock, and then you you'd play that tape nine times throughout waiting for the turkey, right? So yeah, yeah that was every Christmas, and so I grew up with grapes. So I mean, I yeah. can remember him in his uh, maybe a little more coherent days, but uh, he's uh, you know, and I I mean, I love him. I don't agree with everything he says. I mean, you know, whatever. But no, I think he's and he was a different voice. Than what you're used yeah. to. He wasn't the cookie cutter voice, and uh, and a lot of people didn't like. A lot of people liked it, but a lot of people didn't like him. But I think if you're ever going to replace, well, yeah, like you said, you can't really replace him. But I understand what you meant. But I yeah. think you, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, whoever's gonna go into that spot needs credibility, and they had to have played. And uh, yeah, Nyland, Nyland be very good. Yeah, because yeah. Nyland don't give a shit either, and he, yeah. and, and he'll he'll motherfuck people that need to be motherfucked. So yeah, he. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, he'd be good. You need that. The, you you yeah. need that too. You need that. You can't have a guy that's just going to toe the company line because then yeah. that, he just that just sounds like everybody else. But he'd probably get fired within the first week. Well, it's you could be you can you can veer, but you just don't go completely off the rails. You can maybe veer yeah. off the rails, but don't go completely yeah. off. But now, yeah. now, like we were saying before, right? That's harder and harder in today's society. People don't like yeah. that, so. Yeah, like, I'll be honest, because I'm a Montreal Canadiens fan. I wasn't a fan of Don. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, we can disagree about stuff. Yeah. Um, just because he used to shit on the Habs all the time and yeah. just shit on French players and whatnot. At the same time, I always said it, and I said on my podcast, that he shouldn't have got fired for that comment. That's my yeah. opinion. I think that... 
Well, the, ha- the Habs also eliminated him out of the Stanley, well, eliminated him from the Stanley Cup when he was coaching oh, too all the time. So I think he's got a lot of pent up aggression to the Montreal Canadiens for sure. <laughs> no, for sure. But but I mean, I I can still appreciate that. You know, like he has more stories than. Oh yeah, I mean, and I've always yeah. said, and I and I think that's the I don't know. It seems to be to, to get philosophical here, but it seems this trend, especially with young people now. Um, everybody wants to just disregard history, like yeah. let's eliminate history. That's oh, that's hockey's dark time. We don't talk about that. Put it in the closet. And let's all forget about it. And like, no, I, I think you always have to appreciate the history and, and the history of the game and the characters that are in it. And uh, you know, with the head CTE thing and all that, that's a whole other can of can of worms. And of course, everybody wants to point fingers. But I always put the people that point fingers and want to hide and talk about hockey's dark time. Never played. It's not the players aren't the one. I mean, the only ones that should actually really give a shit are the ones that played, and they and they loved it. So there's. I always say the players' opinions are the only ones that matters. The rest of us are all just uh, hangers on and couch jockeys. What our opinion is doesn't really matter much. So there seems to be this big trend lately to shit on the history of the game and 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 not talk about it. And uh, yeah, which to me is a real shame. My friend, it's been great to have you on. Uh, before we go on to the interrogation, did you, like I know you, that you've made a few shout-outs, but uh, did you want to give a shout-out to friends or podcasts before uh, we move on to the interrogation? No, fuck those people. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, no, like I said, yeah, anybody, I mean, everybody knows the big podcasts and everything, but I hope I hope people, li- well, they're listening to you already. I don't have to tell them to listen to you. They're here already. Um, but like your show and... Uh, like I said, the biscuit history of hockey, Alex five for fighting. I think all those shows, I mean, now that everyone's got time to listen to, uh, I hope they go out and do it. If anybody out there is, uh, if you go on YouTube, fourth line voice on YouTube, go check it out. Like I said, I got 2000 videos up there, um, from all the different leagues, junior to minors to the NHL. And then, uh, and of course I'm on Twitter at fourth line voice on Twitter, hit me up. And, uh, and I, I'm always putting up pictures and, uh, and fights and, and everything else. And hopefully at some point I will get my podcast, uh, up and going again. Yeah, for sure. And get your fucking interviews back on. Cause I want to listen. I know. And like I said, if I, if I do upload them, yeah, I encourage everybody to go back and, uh, and listen, because the guy's got some great stories. All right. Here we go. Favorite hockey song? Uh, favorite hockey song. Well, I mean, well, you got the good old hockey game by Stomp and Tom Connors. I think that might be everyone's at. No, actually, uh, how about what's uh, Tom Cochran? Big League. There you go. Especially with that emotional video in Vancouver. I don't know if you've seen that one or not. Yeah, yeah. Or how about, uh, yeah. here's an old one. How about Warren Zevon hit somebody? Little buddy dreamed he was Rocket Richard. He grew up big. He grew up tough. He saw himself scoring for the Wings or Canucks, but he wasn't that good with a puck. But his real talent was beating people up. His heart wasn't in it, but the crowd ate it up. Through peewees and juniors and midgets and mites, he must have racked up more than three hundred fights. Yeah, there you go. Uh, favorite hockey fighter. I mean, everybody else. Everybody else say Bob Probert because that's you know. Um, I'm, I'll go off the grid. I'll throw a minor league guy out. Uh, Why well, he's my he's a friend of mine, Mel Engelstad, minor league legend. Anybody going onto YouTube, type in Mel Engelstad, you will not be disappointed. On the uh, women's side, uh, shapely or skinny women? Oh, gotta have some curves, man. Yeah. 
<laughs> bigger the waistband, the deeper the quicksand. Yeah. Or maybe it's just full of expressions. I like that. Uh, that's, so, from, uh, that's from Spinal Tap, the movie. No, I've I've never been into the to the waif chicks. I'm not into skinny chicks. I'm not a skinny dude. So no, okay, you gotta, gotta have some uh, gotta have some curves. Uh, they might help you with the next question. So uh, so I try to make it a bit more PG. So uh, just just for the, the station, just so because I got one sponsor who gives me a six pack of beer per episode. So uh, you ain't, you ain't uh, getting that after this one. Yeah. <laughs> They might, they might be giving you a tall boy and that's about it now yeah, uh, that's that's fair enough uh but a uh, smooch mary dump all right so i'm gonna name you three names smooch mary dump meg yeah. ryan julia roberts and gwen stefani well i'd probably marry julia roberts because she's probably got the most money out of the three uh, fair enough. meg ryan back in the day was was hot i think she's had way too much plastic surgery now are we talking like in their primes and harry met sally yeah yeah so uh, she's you know Eh, I guess I'd smooch Gwen Stefani and, and dump Meg Ryan, I guess. Although I although Meg Harry met Sally Meg Ryan. She was pretty hot. So Yeah. That's I, an interesting question right there. I've never actually had to do yeah, that before. You just went from curvy to uh smooching Gwen Stefani, but uh, I know I, that that's exactly what I was thinking after I said it. I'm like, well, yeah, but I mean all three of them are pretty uh pretty wafy. about harry met sally what's your favorite rom-com oh back in the day you had like chasing amy by kevin smith those movies are about how the white man keeps the brother man down even in a galaxy far far away check this shit you got cracker farm boy luke skywalker nazi poster boy blonde hair blue eyes and then you got darth vader the blackest brother in the galaxy nubian god what's a nubian shut the fuck up uh what's your pet peeve in hockey linesmen breaking up fights too early like they go in and grab one guy i mean that i mean you're gonna get a you're gonna get someone killed doing that there's there's so they're so anxious trying to break up fights now they look like teachers trying to break up grade threes in the playground it's just like pathetic i I agree i agree with you and you know like it's dangerous for the linesman to maybe get hit but they're sometimes when they're holding the fighter's arm like the fighter can get seriously injured as well Absolutely. Well, I remember back in the day, uh, Kevin Collins, who was the king of jumping in early. I remember he grabs Chris Simon early and, and seatbelted him and Simon ended up getting his nose broken. And, uh, I thought Simon was going to kill Collins when they were going off the ice too. I'm surprised he didn't. He was so mad. I don't blame him too. No, that's, you're going to get a guy hurt. Like at that point, they've already agreed to fight. They're squaring off. Like, I mean, I get jumping in if one guy's jumping another guy. Yeah. Okay. Obviously. But I mean, if two guys are squaring off, so I don't know what you need to jump in for. That, at the end of the day, I mean, they they break it up early. What happens? You have 18,000 people booing your product. So I I don't know from a a sales standpoint, I've I've never understood the, uh, the reasoning for that. Yeah, I, I understand when they break it up because a guy's getting shit kicked like way too bad, and uh, he's, oh, you yeah. know, like if it's just a straight up fight, there there's not really a reason for it. No, two guys have squared up and they're agreed and whatever. They got the Dukes up and they're ready to roll, and these clowns jump in. It's like for what? Well, now and all you've done now is you sent two pissed off dudes to the penalty box. So now you're just going to escalate the situation even more. It's just like, what do you do? Just let them fight and get it over with. Like I've never exactly. understood that. You told me your pet peeve in hockey. So what's your pet peeve in life? Uh, people that don't listen. That ir- that irritates the shit out of me. You know, you're having a conversation with them or whatever, and you can just, they're looking at you, but they're not listening. That drives me nuts. Bad drivers probably piss you off a little bit too, I imagine. 
Well, I mean, it's funny. I'm in a truck. I'm in a obviously a big uh, garbage truck all the time. So I mean, I'm I'm. Yeah, it's um. I will say probably driving now is it's it's probably actually really calmed me down. I don't actually have a lot of road rage. I've because uh, I think uh, I I I'm driving in traffic all day. So and I mean, at the end of the day, it's like. You know, I get paid by the hour, so I'm okay. I'm not I'm not speeding, so it's whatever. I'll I'll get there when I get there, and uh, I think that that has translated over to my private life and driving. I don't get too uh, too worked up, really. But I mean, oh yeah, you'll still yell at a few people that you know they're going straight in the turning lane, or the people that don't signal, or, or you know go thirty and a sixty, and oh yeah, I mean you know that's just human nature. But uh, overall, I'm not I'm I've actually in my life I've tried to really. Uh, Ever since my teenage years, I've made a conscious effort to, uh, I don't want to say be Zen and get all in touch with myself. I'm not sitting cross-legged in the park or anything, but, uh, I've tried to really tone down and be mellow and I don't get, I don't actually get upset by too much. I'm pretty, uh, pretty mellow, dude. Final question for you. Uh, I know that you're a professional podcaster, so you're not worried about. <laughs> well, you're not professional, worried. I don't know if that's the word I'd use, but okay. Yeah. So yeah, I know you're not worried about money at all, but, uh, what would you do if you won the lottery? Uh, if I won the lottery, well, I'd, you know, take care of the people that need to be taken care of. And then, uh, from there, I, I always said at one time, if I, if I won the lottery, like I had a lot of money, I said, I'd love to buy like a, a like a minor league team and I'd just be like the asshole of the league. Oh, I'd be the guy that all the other owners at the league meeting hate. I'd be like the Danbury trashers again, going back to that. If anybody goes and watches that, that's what I would be like. Well, if you, if you do win the lottery, can you bring one to, to Cornwall? Cause we don't have much to watch right now. Well, here I'll ask you. Well, why doesn't that? Why doesn't the? Why didn't the Royals and stuff? Why doesn't that work? Like, what's Cornwall's deal? Uh, it's before my time, to be honest. I wouldn't I give them a liquor record. license or something. Yeah, I think there's an issue there. Uh, the profits um, from the uh, basically the, the the booze sales wasn't going towards the team. And I actually want to get some more guys on the podcast to ask them that question because you know we had an LNH team. You know, uh, the Royals part, I don't, I have no idea. I'm getting some guys that are uh, big Royals fans coming on the podcast soon. And uh, maybe they're going to be able to clarify that. But I know for the LNAH portion, I know there was an, an issue with uh, sharing the rink with uh, the other team that plays in Cornwall, the, uh, the Cornwall Colts, which is a junior A team. Yeah. I'm not a big uh, business guy, so I'm not, I'm, I'm not too sure exactly why it didn't work out. Um, but I know that there was a part of it, the profits of uh, the booze sales and stuff like that weren't going towards the team, which is uh, why... A lot of the LNH teams do survive uh, oh, yeah. in the smaller in the smaller towns in Quebec and whatnot. Yeah, no, I said the Royals. That's the OHL team, right? That's the old OHL team. No, I meant the the yeah. LNH team. Yeah, yeah, like I mean, I heard the booze sales, and I heard uh, City Council. I think when they got wind of what the LNH was, all of a sudden it's like, oh my god, this is terrible, and you know. But yeah. I don't. I don't at the time being a big LNH guy, I was always really excited to uh, to actually have a team in Ontario and an English team, so to speak. I, I thought that would be really cool for the league and yeah. stuff. So yeah, no, maybe I'd bring a team to Ontario. There you go. We'll take that. We'll, we'll take a team in Cornwall if you can bring that. But anyways, man, thanks a lot for joining the podcast. I really appreciate it. I've uh, kept you on the phone long enough. So uh, oh, it's all good. keep keep fighting the good fight and uh, we'll talk to you soon, my brother. Hey, thank you. I appreciate you having me on. It's, uh, it was a lot of fun and any, anytime. time.